is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Cheney, and Heath. Oh, what a big show we've got today. You want to know who's got good playoff matchups amongst quarterbacks and running backs? I will tell you. And on tomorrow's show, we'll look at tight ends and DSTs. But uh, you want to know who's got bad playoff matchups at quarterback and running back? That's also coming up on today's show. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, November 7th. It's Adam, Jamie, and Heath. Are you ready to talk some trade, fellas? Yeah. yeah. I made what? a big one last night. Was oh. that an A sound you made? A what sound? Trade? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I couldn't tell if it's an A or an E. Jamie made a big trade. Oh, did he now? I did. That's great. I it. traded uh, Le'Veon Bell for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Wow. Do you need a win? Uh, yes, it's also a keeper league. I cannot keep Le'Veon, and I can't keep MVS for a 13th round pick or later. Okay. So uh, I am 3-5-1. and one. I cannot afford another loss, and by the time Le'Veon comes back, I will even never be able to use him or uh, will not have reason to. I give it a B minus. Heath, how about you? Hey. I don't I don't love it. I wish I could have done better for Bell, but I made several offers for him. Um, no one was biting. And like I said, I need to win right now. So my I have Hopkins on a bye. My starting receivers would have been Jarvis Landry and Doug Baldwin. This is an upgrade. So the owner I traded him to is uh, two games ahead of me and now lost the piece. So I also probably put him in the loss column because he's facing the first place team. Oh, yeah, maybe. But but you also gave him Le'Veon Bell. But I, I think it's it makes sense for your team. But also, uh, if you're sitting there and you've got a good record, you're going to the playoffs, and you have a player like Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling or someone like that, Larry Fitzgerald, whatever. Somebody could be good, but you don't need him. He's on your bench. Trade him for Le'Veon Bell. Why not? Take a shot. It works uh, Works for both people in this trade, in this particular trade. All right, who we got is buy low today, guys. Buy low. Heath. Um, You want all three of them at once? Yeah. You know what? Yes, I do. Give me. I'll give you four. Mitchell wow. Trubisky, Kenyon Drake, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. Okay, Trubisky, Drake, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. Okay, let me. T- you seem you seem very unexcited about that group of names. That was a lot. Uh, let me just say this about Drake: he is one of my terrible playoff schedule guys. Now he actually does have favorable matchups coming up, but don't think you're going to depend on Kenyon Drake in the playoffs because he faces. The Patriots, but then Minnesota in Week 15 and Jacksonville in Week 16. I actually think that Minnesota and Jacksonville, while they are terrible matchups for running backs and very good defenses, may be better matchups for Kenyon Drake than the Jets or the Bills. Because he'll catch passes against them? Because he'll catch passes. Vikings uh, linebackers have struggled in coverage this year. That's true. And Jacksonville, I don't think the Dolphins will be able to run it into the line on them, so they'll have to get a little bit more creative. I I don't dislike those two games. All right, well, so uh, why, don't, why don't you tell me quick thoughts on Trubisky, Drake, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, why they're by lows for you. 
As far as the Lions wide receivers, I just think the, like, Golden Tate is gone and the first game without him was not all that exciting. I do expect that to change moving forward. And maybe you catch somebody thinking that they're just the same without Tate. I expect they're going to still be very, very good without Tate. Okay. Trubisky and the, basically the entire Bears offense schedule is just magical moving forward. Yeah. And, and I believe in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, it really is. In fact, Jordan Howard was going to be um, one that I talked about. I don't know that he's a buy low because he has four touchdowns in his last three games. Originally, I was going to say we should sell high on Jordan Howard. He's averaging 3.5 yards per carry. He's scoring at the goal line. He should, if he didn't fumble at Miami, Jordan Howard would have uh, five touchdowns, if at least one rushing touchdown in five of his last six games. But he's, you know, he hasn't been very good. He has one catch. In his last five games, um, so you're just depending on touchdowns. And then I see the schedule. Two of his next three games are against Detroit, at the Giants, the Rams, Green Bay, at San Francisco. He does face Minnesota twice, but one of them's in Week 17. So yeah, I noticed the same thing. The Bears have a great schedule coming up. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like the Lions games, I think are just good for everyone. It's going to be interesting the Rams and the Packers game, if those are good for Jordan Howard or not. Right. The Rams, uh, per carry basis, don't have a great, a good run defense, but you no, know how, but you I know don't know how, how many carries he's going right. to get against them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what would you, yeah, what would you think about Jordan Howard right now? Uh, in general, I don't really view him as a buy high, buy low or a sell high. Okay. Hold, hold Jamie, who we buying low on? Uh, I think we talked about him last week on the show, but Mark Ingram again, yeah. coming off a bad game, good schedule coming up. I don't think he's uh, completely out of the mix, even though he's losing goal line work to Alvin Kamara. Like this week, I think you can trust him as a starter. All right. Yeah, at Cincinnati this week, very, very tasty matchup there. Mark Ingram, uh, still before last week, he was still getting um, an average of 16 touches in each of his first three games. Which is yep. really, really good in that offense. I think last week, just people, you know, you see all the points for the Saints, plus he fumbled. Could be a little bit of panic setting in. You should take advantage of that in your league. Um, two Packers, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Pair of Aarons. Oh yeah. We, yeah, we talked about statistically yesterday, uh, on yesterday's show. Aaron Rodgers is, uh, on pace for his most pass attempts and most yards ever. So the touchdown should come. He's doing the reverse Carson Wentz. Do you think Aaron Jones, uh, how would you compare him to say, Jordan Howard and Mark Ingram. Um, he doesn't have as good a schedule, right? At least in the next two weeks after Miami, but the two weeks after that, he gets Arizona and Atlanta. So that's fifteen, fourteen, and fifteen. I mean, just how would you rank them? Ingram, Howard, Aaron Jones. Oh, I mean, I think if Aaron Jones comes out of this game like I expect, he's our start of the week this week for Week Ten. If he comes out of this game as I expect, I, I think you'll feel very happy about it. The 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 one concern would be is he's going to be fumble for punishing. If that if Mike McCarthy does that, he's an idiot. Yeah, I think I might put him at the top of the list in non-PPR. I might put Ingram ahead of him in PPR still. Okay. And then what do you think? Of, so, so the, you know, Jordan Howard is like 3.5 yards per carry, nothing in the passing game, but great schedule. Another guy who pretty similar is David Johnson. David Johnson has at Kansas City, Oakland, at the Chargers, they allow 4.4 yards per carry to running backs. At Green Bay, 4.5 yards per carry to running backs. Detroit, ding, ding, ding. Atlanta on the road. Then the Rams at Seattle. 
weeks 15, weeks 14 and 15 are Detroit and at Atlanta. The schedule is so good for David Johnson. It's very comparable to Jordan Howard, but you know, again, he, he, he really hasn't played great this year. Uh, I, I what think, do you think the difference for me between Howard and Johnson is Howard is on a good team. Like the Raiders game should be awesome for David Johnson and he'll probably, he'll be good this week against the Chiefs. But at Kansas City, at the Chargers, at the Packers, at the Falcons, they might lose those games by a combined 100 points. But you think he, I mean, he will be more involved in the passing game than Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is complete nothing there since Tariq Cohen, uh, you know, got it going. But you think with the new offensive coordinator that there's more of an opportunity for Johnson to, uh, to be better in PPR and catch four, he caught four passes for 41 yards last week. So that's the hope. I, I, I'd be optimistic. But you still have to see it. I, I think he's in a better situation than than those other guys because he also look he's sharing a little bit with Chase Edmonds, but not to a point where it's a problem. Yes, yeah. uh, cautiously optimistic. I think he was averaging seven point or four point two targets per game before the new offensive coordinator took over, and he had four targets in his first game with the new offensive coordinator. He okay. Well, he uh, David Johnson has sixteen or more touches in six straight games, and. Anyone with his upcoming schedule and 16 or more guaranteed touches, basically, would be, you know, at the very least, really exciting. But it's, it is David Johnson. I understand he's been frustrating for fans. I mean, I think it gives him a nice floor of being a high end number two, low end number one running back, but that's exactly what he's been this year. Okay. Uh, right. Sell high, sell high. Heath, you have 10 sell high candidates for us? 10 sell high (laughs) candidates. Just three. Okay. And only two teams. Wow. Drew Brees, Tevin Coleman, Calvin Ridley. Go for it. Explain. I there's a lot of excitement over Tevin Coleman's big game um in week nine, and I understand it. He was really good. I still don't know that really things changed that much. I don't necessarily love his schedule. Mm-hmm. And He's gonna have to have that type of involvement in the passing game. I mean, basically he took a screen pass, what, 60 yards for a touchdown. Was a big part of why he was so good last week. And I don't know that you can count on that on a week to week basis. I still think he's a low end number two running back, and if you can get more than that, I'd love it. Jamie, do you disagree with any of those? Selling high on Breeze, Coleman, and Ridley? Uh, Breeze, I agree with just because he's a quarterback and a lot of games coming up outdoors, plus, or on the road at least, plus, uh, you know, you're getting maximum value for where he's at right now, if you can do it. Like, if you could turn Breeze into Aaron Rodgers, I would do it in a heartbeat. Quickly. Um, Ridley, as we've seen, is touchdown dependent. Last week was great, but, you know, the, what was it, two, three games prior to that did not do so well because he didn't score. And um, Coleman, I think, is – if you could get something better than him – like, if you could turn Coleman into David Johnson, I would do that. You would? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. But yeah. oh, that's very realistic. I think. I don't know, like, if I'm trading Coleman necessarily, and I like him a little bit better, but I think they're kind of similar. Like for Ingram, like I think they could be similar. I I think, and I this would be very. I think you can trade Tevin Coleman for Aaron Jones and something, and I think I'd rather have Jones. Possibly, yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing that we've seen with Coleman is, uh, you know, he just hasn't separated himself from Edo Smith the way that I think a lot of us hoped when Devontae Freeman got hurt. Uh, I just got a text from my friend on a somewhat unrelated. Would you drop Cortland Sutton for Des Bryant? No. No. 
No. no, I know, I know, but the, the, Des Bryant, we have to address it. We'll get to the news and notes in a little bit. I just, I had to embarrass my friend on the air. I, I, I'll tell you, Matthew. Well, Coco, if you embarrass him, say his name. We've had Coco on the show uh, before to talk about the uh, regulator segment, uh-huh. and he came over and asked if he should drop Gio Bernard or Danny Amendola for Des, and I wouldn't do that. Maybe Amendola. Oh yeah. Well, Bernard, you know, if you don't own Mixon, I don't think Bernard's going to give you much. I don't think Des is going to give you anything. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not super excited. Uh, I would drop Cameron Meredith for Des Bryant. Um, yes, there you go. By the way, so the Saints are about to do that. <laughs> regulators uh, coming up a little bit later, and um, so is the fantasy feud. I didn't want to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jamie, what any sell day. highs you want to talk oh, you about? Get, you get a double whammy, Heath. Double uh, whammy. Yes. Now you're playing fantasy feud here. You're playing name that player on uh, FFT today. Ooh, yes. Fun. Wait, fun. Wait, is Pete Prisco there? Yes. Me and Pete Prisco playing name that player. Yes. This is the best day ever. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, CBS Sports HQ. Check it out. Uh, Jamie, sell highs for you. Uh, yeah. I I think he's going to be good because I like the involvement, but I don't think you're going to get uh the same type of game or his value is going to be as high for Duke Johnson right now. So I agree 100%. If, I almost put him on my sell high list. If you could turn Duke Johnson into something of any of the guys that we just talked about. Now, I think, again, I love the involvement because first game, new offensive coordinator, running backs coach, what we've been waiting to see all along from him. You know, not necessarily that type of production because it was fantastic, but just the, the being involved. Season high touches for him. Again, if he's available, I don't know, I'm sure you guys talked about this yesterday, uh, you have to pick him up. But still, if you could sell him, if you have him because you probably haven't been playing him, then you should do so. Uh, I also put Golden Tate just because I think he's going to have a downturn in production going to Philly, and his name still carries some weight. Plus, you have all the excitement that he's with Carson Wentz. You could probably still get something good for him. Okay. And Duke Johnson's still available in 23% of leagues. He was 70% owned. He's up a little bit, but still still out there for you. Although, I suppose you could make the case that you don't need to add him in non-PPR, but you certainly should. Oh, you should. You should add him in, PP- in non-PPR? I mean, look, if you're putting him in the category of, like, I would say he's probably going to get if he's continuing to be involved like this with six, seven, eight targets per game, uh, I think his carries will go up a little bit. I think he gets you six or seven non-PPR points. Okay. Well, uh, Friday night, if you're in the New York City area, come on over to the PlayStation Theater in the heart of Times Square. If you want all the information, go to CBSSportsTailgate.com. But it's the Friday night tailgate. It is rapidly approaching. And you'll get a chance to meet James Brown. Phil Sims, Bill Cower, Boomer Esiason, Nate Burleson, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, Pete Prisco, Jason Lockenfora, and others, and more. There's food and drink. Um, check it out, CBSSportsTailgate.com. You do have to I was to looking pay. at the uh, the food vendors. They're awesome. So I'm looking Bear Burger, which is terrific. Uh, Mighty Quinn's. Looks like we got a little Asian food, a little Italian food. I'm going to walk in there a, a shade under 200 pounds and leave there a shade <laughs> over 20. Yeah, it should be fun. So please check it out at cbssportstailgate.com. Check out CBS Sports HQ. You can download the CBS Sports app and watch HQ. This is great on your Roku, on any of your over-the-top devices. I use it on my Roku. Um, but Apple TV, Amazon Fire, whatever it is that you use, get the CBS Sports app and start watching. It's 24-7 streaming, sports coverage, news, scores, highlights, fantasy talk, fantasy football today. The video show airs there. Make sure you're watching HQ. And make sure you're listening to our other podcasts, cbssports.com slash podcast, singular, for a listing of all of our shows. Will Brinson is killing it with the Pick 6 podcast. Uh, the Ion College basketball podcast is uh, ramping up now. I think they're three times a week. They're a top 50 now in the uh, iTunes sports podcasts. Um, 
We got In This Corner, which is boxing, wrestling, and MMA. Uh, we got a lot of them. But the one that I'm super excited about is called The Season 2008 Steelers. This is Bryant McFadden, a former cornerback for the Steelers who works for us at CBSSports.com, bringing on guests, Heinz Ward, Dick LeBeau, Ike Taylor, guys like that, to talk about every game from Week 11 on. Uh, I think Heinz Ward is next week's guest, actually. Every Monday they're releasing a new episode. And, uh, they, you know, they go week 11 and on. But there is some content there now. Check it out. It's called The Season 2008 Steelers. Let me play you a quick clip. This is Ike Taylor and Brian McFadden talking about a quarterback who's still going strong today. You had Phillip. I love to have kids, Rivers. Well, how many kids he got? I think he got about 14. Well, that boy fertile. Extremely <laughs> fertile. But, but you want to talk about an underrated quarterback? Oh. And a competitor. Oh, he talks so much trash. Don't Rivers he? by far. Man, why he talks so much trash? I love it though, cause you, you rarely see that coming from a quarterback. quarterback and you really can't touch quarterbacks like you want to touch a quarterback. The Rivers ain't and, backing down from nobody. And that makes it even more annoying because you want to put hands on them, but I can't put hands on them because they protect quarterbacks. Correct. But he talks so much trash. Phillip Rivers playing real good football. So fun stuff like that. You want to just get some player insight on, uh, on the NFL. Check it out. It's called The Season, 2008 Steelers. It's going to be a big hit for, for Steelers fans. It's going to be awesome. For NFL fans, it's going to be awesome. All right, news and notes. Geronimo Allison is on IR with a groin injury. They got the Dolphins this week. Le'Veon Bell was spotted in Pittsburgh. That's progress. That is progress. Uh, the Lions signed Bruce Ellington. They cut Amir Abdullah. Ugh, shame. Could have had a good career. What a shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the Saints negotiating with Des Bryant and... Yeah, so if they sign Des Bryant, you guys are in like 20 leagues. You're gonna pick up Des Bryant? In the, uh, I think the most recent news is that Des has left New Orleans without a deal. Oh, okay. Now he could still, they could still come together on terms, but, um, I went and looked for Des in three leagues. Uh, one of them's a 26 team league, one of them's a 16 team league, and one of them is our IDP league with super deep benches. He was owning all of them. And that's all I'm really, I probably won't even look if he signs anywhere else. Yeah, I, I spent $66 in a $1,000 bid, $1,000 fab, uh, league, our, our fantasy yep. league. Um, I was the original person who drafted him when the league started last year, so I felt like if I, if I saw him on somebody else's roster, I'd be upset about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's a deep roster league too. That's deep rosters, yeah. Okay. But I also cut him two weeks ago. Uh, Dallas. I'm holding him this entire time. <laughs> some bad, some bad news for Dallas. Left guard Connor Williams could need arthroscopic surgery, knee surgery, and uh, Sean Lee is going to be out for a little while with a hamstring injury as they get ready for Philadelphia on Sunday night. And um, Bruce Irvin signed with the Falcons. Okay, thank you. Do you expect following players, Marlon Mack? Uh, yes, I have a question while we're on the Falcons. Do you think either of the Falcons or Colts have a chance to make the playoffs? Would you bet on it? Yeah, the foul. Yes, uh, they both do. Um, I would not bet on the Colts, but the Falcons have a chance. Sure. I do not think that either of them are going to make the playoffs. So you have pretty much the Chargers as one of the wildcard teams, right? Yeah. Most likely. Oh, I, I was assuming the Colts could, could win the division. You think the Colts win the division? No, I don't think they do. But if they get in, I, I would think that would be their route. They're two games out. I would think probably wild card. They're two and a half out. 
Uh, yeah, but two and a half. Have they played Houston yet? Yeah, they did. They lost that stupid. I mean, come on, you idiot. That was the game that they that they uh, went for it in their own territory in overtime. Yep. Idiot. God, that's gonna cost them the division. Sorry, sorry. Still so stupid. <laughs> um, what's your what's the question here? Just just oh, talking no, football. Just, yeah. Yeah, I. Falcons look good. Nobody wants to play the Falcons. And they get Deion Jones back. That'll help, hopefully, in the next few weeks. But they're 4-4. Four and four. All right, uh, anyway, we expect Marlon Mack. We expect Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Yes. Tentatively. How about Chris Thompson or Jamison Crowder? No. No. Allen Robinson? Nope. No. Taylor Gabriel? Yes. Yep. John Ross? Yes. CJ Uzama? Yes. Yeah. Gronkowski? Uh, hopefully. I don't think so. Sony Michelle. Yeah. Yes. Jordan Reed. Hopefully. I think so. <sighs> All right. What do we do here? What do we do here? We got a lot of stuff to get to. How about we do this segment really quickly? The Faithometer. Zero to ten. You've got this guy on your roster. I just want you to you look at him. You see his name. You maybe look at his schedule. How much faith do you have in these players? Scale of zero to ten. Ten, starting him every week. Love him. Thrilled to have him. Zero, I'm going to cut him. Andrew Luck. So ten is starting him every week? Yeah. He's got two games with Jacksonville in his next four. But Eight. zero's cut him? Yeah, of course he's not going to be a zero. I'm just saying. Five. Okay, five for, for, for Andrew Luck? Yeah, eight for me. Doug Baldwin. Four. Four. T.Y. Hilton. Eight. Nine. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it might be lower. Dalvin Cook. Ten. Ten. Really? Uh, that's bold. He had one good run last week. The fact that he played makes him a ten almost. <laughs> and he didn't get hurt. Latavius is still there. He got over 50% of the snaps in his first week back. I'm excited. Okay, okay. Dalvin Cook. We're excited. Leonard Fournette. Uh, six. Yeah, six. LaShawn McCoy. Four. Four. Three. Four. Four. Three. Three, four, three. I mean, this week could be interesting for him because Ivory's not going to play. And so, I'm not expected to play at least. And so, I, I mean, the Jets aren't exactly a great team. <laughs> no, no, it's an opportunity. And, uh, it, McCoy actually, has a tremendous schedule, but you have to wait a little while. Like, Jets are good this week, then a bye, then the Jaguars. At Miami, the Jets and the Lions in his next three games, weeks 13, 14, 15. Buy low! I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it matters though. He's been so bad. You know, he's averaging one yard per carry in his last two games. I mean, he's their best receiver though. He is, but, yeah, I mean, that's, his schedule makes me not cut LaShawn McCoy. Uh, uh, if, if Ivory's out, I think that'll help him. I hope so. Faith O'Meter and Tariq Cohen. Three. Four. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. Four. Five. I just fear that he has a bad half and he gets benched. Heath, your Faith O'Meter and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the same as Andrew Luck. That's correct, because I looked at the schedule and Ryan Fitzpatrick does not play Jacksonville twice. <laughs> That's true. And is, is, where do you guys have luck this week, by the way? 
Uh, 12? I think 11. Okay. We are going to preview Carolina-Pittsburgh in a little bit. Faithometer in the SeatGeek app. 100%. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really great app, and it's a great way to find tickets. Because finding tickets can be kind of a pain in the butt. We know that. SeatGeek is the way to go. Pulls in millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats that you want for a price that you're willing to pay. There is nothing like being there in person. SeatGeek's going to get you closer to the action and for a great value. Download that SeatGeek app and use the code FFT for 20 bucks off your first purchase. I've been talking about SeatGeek for a few years now, and I still get tweets and emails, I don't know, once a week at least, I'd say, from a listener saying, hey, I use the SeatGeek app. I went to this game. I saved a ton of money. I bought my wife... Concert tickets. I bought my husband baseball tickets. Whatever it might be. I use the SeatGeek app. I use the promo code. Our listeners love the SeatGeek app, and you will too. And every purchase, by the way, is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Next time you need to go to an event, use the SeatGeek app. Put it on your phone or go to SeatGeek.com. The promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Promo code FFT. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. This just in from Dave Richard. He is notifying me that Ian Rappaport is reporting. So Dave Re- Dave Richard reports that Ian Rappaport reports that Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Watkins has pain in his foot. He had an MRI. He may not be able to play Sunday. Uh Sammy Watkins could be out this week, guys. That would be bad. That would be bad. Are there any Chiefs receivers you'd pick up in his stead? I mean, Chris-, Chris Conley in deeper leagues, but that's it. Yeah, Conley in a in a 14-team league. All right, well, it's a perfect transition into today's Twitter poll. Today's Twitter, Twitter poll reads, thusly, I don't know, when would you draft Patrick Mahomes in next year's fantasy drafts? Uh, top 12, 13 through 24, 25 through 36, or later? When would you draft Mahomes in next year's fantasy drafts? Top 12, 13 through 24, 25 to 36 or later? What would you guys I say? I would vote later. I'm going to assume 13 through 24 won. Uh, later. I was surprised by the results here. I, I posted it this morning instead of last night because I'm a dingbat. Oh, also, speaking of dingbat, I apologize for putting the Fantasy Baseball Today episode in the Fantasy Football Today feed. But I hope you enjoyed it, and now maybe you're a listener, but that was my bad. Um, the results of this poll, 12% say top 12. Uh, about 1,800 votes so far. 23% say round two, 13 through 24. 33% say 25 through 36. And 32% say later. So I just retweeted to see if I could change the percentages. Uh, well, what, what's wrong with the percentages? Rounds three and four are winning. Well, top 12 should be 0%. <laughs> well, two no. quarterback leagues. Yeah, did you, no, did you no, top, top two I mean, five. I think everybody assumed not two quarterback leagues. Well, I mean, unless you specify it, there are a lot of people that play super flex leagues now. Okay, but I, I think if you see that Twitter poll, you're probably thinking one quarterback. Well, I mean, you can't assume. I'm going to shoot holes in your Twitter poll. No, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, sorry. So Mahomes is the number one quarterback. He's on pace for 524 fantasy points. Peyton Manning... In 2013, when he threw for 5,500 yards and 55 touchdowns, he scored 497 fantasy points. So Mahomes is actually 27 points ahead of that pace. That's amazing. 
But the next year, Peyton Manning was the number four quarterback in fantasy. And he had a great year, 4,700 yards, 39 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I don't remember all the circumstances around that, but, uh, you know, this is similar to that. It's it's not like Deshaun Watson last year, I don't think. I think it's more like Peyton Manning in 2013, in my opinion. Uh, I think one thing we've seen, I haven't done this in a couple of years, but there has not been a quarterback to repeat back-to-back in a very long time. And that's mostly the case with most positions. Yeah, I know Latanian Tomlinson did it. Latanian. Latanian <laughs> Tomlinson did it a couple of times at the running back spot, and we've had Antonio Brown do it a couple of times, I think, at receiver. And Gronk at tight end. And Gurley is going to do it this year, it, it would seem. Oh, sorry if I just jinxed him. All right, so you guys would take him when? Round, later, you said? I I would definitely. I He's 100% a top 36 pick for me next year. There, yeah, and there is um quite a bit of Deshaun Watson here. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Like I think he he's probably thrown uh eight more touchdowns than we should expect. There's a big difference though. Andy Reid. A- Andy Reid is is a a difference. Maybe he's only thrown six more touchdowns than we should expect. But if you took 36 points off of his Total. That would make a big difference. I think the interesting thing is he's going to have four games against a Broncos defense that's getting worse and a Raiders defense that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when those two defenses get better anytime soon. Well, let's uh, let's move on. That was our Patrick Mahomes segment. We're going to preview the game shortly. We're going to play the feud shortly. Let's do some schedule analysis. So I looked at quarterbacks and running backs tomorrow. I'll look at, I'm not going to look at wide receivers because I think they're kind of lumped in with uh, with quarterbacks, but uh look at tight ends and DSTs. A lot of people have been asking me, who are some good playoff DSTs? But schedule analysis for quarterbacks. Good playoff schedules for quarterbacks. Well, Cam Newton, it's not just the playoffs, um, but he's got four matchups against bottom five teams. Now, when I say bottom five teams, I mean teams that give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So uh, now one of those teams is Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh might not be quite that bad. I think we might find out a little bit more about that this week, and that's when Cam Newton plays them. But Cam Newton's playoff schedule is at Cleveland, home against New Orleans, and home against Atlanta. If you play in a Week 17, you get at New Orleans. So Cam Newton has also has Tampa Bay coming up just before that stretch. Cam Newton's schedule is terrific. Drew Brees also has a great schedule at Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Atlanta at home, at Dallas, at Tampa Bay, at Carolina, Pittsburgh at home, and then Carolina. But Breeze is an interesting case. We don't, we already call them a sell high. Uh, just, you know, you never know how much he's gonna throw. Russell Wilson has four matchups against bottom ten teams in his last five games. Teams that are among the ten worst in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, Wilson faces four of them in his last five games. I, I think the interesting part about Wilson is two of those games are against San Francisco. I don't know if he throws 25 pass attempts. In those games. So he'll score 25 points on 20 pass attempts, Heath. That's what you're saying. I, I'm not going to bet on that. Uh, Wilson does have Kansas City. And, and Kansas City is actually the same thing. Like, they're getting better against quarterbacks. Their run defense is so bad. So that's his week 16 championship matchup. Uh, so, okay, Wilson has a good match. Joe Flacco has an unbelievable schedule. Unfortunately, we don't care. Derek Carr has a good schedule. Unfortunately, we don't care. Baker Mayfield has a good schedule. Maybe that's interesting. 
And Phillip Rivers has four matchups coming up against bottom 10 teams, including this week at Oakland. In the fantasy playoffs, Rivers will face the Bengals in week 14, the Chiefs in week 15, Baltimore in week 16, unfortunately. Uh, is there any quarterback here that really jumps out at you as fantasy owners need to know the schedule is awesome? No. I mean, Cam, I think, is the best quarterback with the best schedule, and I would add Trubisky to this list. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm so curious how he's going to do this week. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, bad quarterback schedules. Matthew Stafford has a brutal playoff schedule. Uh, if you're banking on Stafford to beat your schedule, in the, you're, you're a quarterback in the playoffs. He's got Arizona, Buffalo, both on the road, and then Minnesota. That's the number one, number five, and number nine defenses against quarterbacks. So that's Stafford. Patrick Mahomes has some tough matchups, but we don't care. Uh, we might care about, about Kirk Cousins, though. In the playoffs, he faces Seattle on the road, Miami at home, and Detroit on the road. Two of those three teams are top ten against quarterbacks. I think that's Seattle and Miami. I don't really buy it with Miami. I don't buy it with Miami either. So I don't think this is a problem. I think... uh I think Stafford is the is the takeaway for me. I might rather have Joe Flacco than Matthew Stafford in the fantasy playoffs. Wow. Yeah, you're not you're just not going to start Stafford in the playoffs unless those no. teams are injured. Uh to the running backs. Let's look at the running backs with good schedules. Philip Lindsay has great matchup good matchups in each of his last four games. Two of them are great matchups. Philip Lindsay finishes with uh Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland. Woo! <laughs> You know, he does have Pittsburgh and a bye before that, but it's great for, for Lindsey. Mixon, kind of a tough schedule the next couple of weeks. Maybe three of the next four weeks, but his playoff schedule is the, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Browns. Mixon and Lindsey looking good in the playoffs. Uh, and then, here are a whole bunch of running backs that have two matchups against bottom ten teams in the fantasy playoffs. So two good matchups, maybe not great, but two good matchups out of three weeks. David Johnson, Alex Collins, Christian McCaffrey, Kerryon Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, and Sony Michelle. I mean, I wasn't going to start Melvin Gordon otherwise, but now that you said his schedule. <laughs> or I'm Sony Michelle. Uh, Kerryon Johnson to me is the one that stands out, uh, cause Stafford has such a bad schedule, but Johnson gets Arizona in week 15, no, 14, Buffalo in week 16, 15, sorry. Arizona in week 14, Buffalo in week 15, two really good matchups, then Minnesota in week 16. Problem for on Johnson if you're looking to buy low or something like that, two of his next three games are against the Bears, and that could be a problem. Yeah, plus you had the return of Theoretic last week, and we saw, even though he had, I think it was five targets and three catches, um, that's going to hurt his playing time. Bad running back schedules. The Saints in their fantasy playoffs. Carolina and Pittsburgh in weeks 15 and 16. Uh, those are top 10 DSTs against, or defenses against, uh, running backs. Todd Gurley has two brutal matchups in the playoffs, guys. Todd Gurley, sit him against the Bears and the Eagles, right? The Rams might. The Rams might. And I, we talked about Kenyon Drake. Heath sees it a little differently. At Minnesota in week 15, Jacksonville in week 16 for Kenyon Drake. He thinks he'll catch some passes in that game. I don't think there's anything here. I mean, maybe Ingram. Um, at Carolina in week 15, Pittsburgh at home in week 16. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel great about him. Could be really good, though. He could be great at Cincinnati this week, two weeks Atlanta, three weeks at Dallas. They may not have Sean Lee. Four weeks at Tampa Bay, and then it gets a little rough. 
All right. Going to knock out this uh, Carolina-Pittsburgh game. After I tell you about ZipRecruiter sponsoring our show today, ZipRecruiter is the smart way to hire. You know, if you go into your fantasy playoffs and you're thinking, Joe Flacco has got some great matchups. I am going to use Joe Flacco as my only quarterback. Well, that is not smart. And using a job site that sends you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through, that is also not smart. But job sites that uh, help you, like ZipRecruiter, using ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT to try it for free, that is smart. Now, ZipRecruiter is rated the number one job site by employers in the U.S. because it does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds the people that have the right skills, education, and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. So you're going to get qualified candidates fa- uh, fast. And like I said, with SeatGeek, our listeners have given us great uh, feedback on SeatGeek. Also with ZipRecruiter, people have said, hey, I use ZipRecruiter to hire someone. It worked perfectly. Thank you for the for the free advice. Yeah, you can use it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter, excuse me, dot com slash FFT, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, I think we can uh, cover this game pretty quickly. Carolina at Pittsburgh. Start, everyone. Um, You starting the Panthers receivers? No, that's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Um, right, we'll go. We'll go through it like we usually do. Stat of the game number one: No running back has more than twenty-four receiving yards against the Steelers. That's weird. Isn't that weird? That's a, that's, that's a good stat, Adam. No running back has more than twenty-four receiving yards against the Steelers. I do believe that that will stop. Um, but can you see a scenario where you sit Christian McCaffrey in a non-PPR league against one nope. of the best run defenses? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Stat of the game number two, Juju Smith-Schuster in his last five games has 26 catches for 316 yards and one touchdown on 40 targets. Juju Smith-Schuster in his last five games, if you take those stats and give him 16 games, that's an 83-catch pace, which is nice, 1,000 yards and three touchdowns. And the Panthers have not allowed double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR to multiple wide receivers in the same game all year. But you guys have Juju Smith-Schuster as a top 20 wide receiver, and I think Dave and Heath, or Dave and Jamie have Juju top 12. So Jamie, why so confident? Not that I disagree, but why so confident in Juju? Oh, I just think that he's going to be heavily involved. I like him in prime time. You know, uh, I don't know this off the top of my head, but I'm just going back last year, his prime time games, I think he scored in all of them. Oh, okay. I like that. I'll check. And has, hasn't Carolina been pretty good against number ones and struggled with the number two? Yes, actually. Um, they've done recently uh, – oh, well, actually, I think both teams are like that. But recently they've done well against Julio, A.J. Green, and Mike Evans, and the, the Baltimore wide receivers that we expected to be good. But Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, Adam Humphreys uh, had huge games. Odell Beckham and Alshon Jeffrey also had good games um, against them. I have Juju 16th, so I, I think he's a start. Everybody's going to start Juju, I suppose. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up. Um, so Cam Newton. All right, Ben Roethlisberger is uh, – well, actually, I think you guys disagree on this. I think Heath likes Cam better than Ben, and Jamie likes Ben better than Cam. Is that right? Yes. Correct. So, Heath, you are slightly low on Ben Roethlisberger. You have him 10th. Jamie has him 4th, and Dave has him 3rd. Discuss. Uh, I I just think you know you've you've seen quarterbacks against this Panthers defense have um, pretty good success. 
And so I, I think Ben at home is always a good play. I just trust him in this spot a little bit more. I do think the Steelers' defense is getting better. As we've seen, their pass rush is getting great. So Cam's a great start. I probably have him too low. I'm 10th. I probably should move him up a couple spots. But, I mean, you look at it, the Panthers are top 10 in fantasy or top 11 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. You look at the last, you know, three who have, two have faced them, three have faced them, excuse me. Um, you know, it was the Pan, the Ravens group, 21 points two weeks ago. Fitzpatrick, 31 points. Um, Wentz, 22 points. I think, you know, Ben will be somewhere in that range. Heath? Yeah, I, I like both of these quarterbacks. I'm starting both of these quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterbacks that I like this week. It's not, I don't dislike Ben. I don't, there are just a lot of quarterbacks that I really like. I've got Cam 8. I've got Ben 10. I think probably the two names that may be a little bit controversial ahead of him. I have Trubisky one spot ahead of Ben and I have Wentz at seven. Yeah, I think. But I've always been a big Carson Wentz guy. Uh, both of you with Cam Newton. But Jamie, where do you think you'll move him up to? I'm doing him right now. It's eight. Both of you with Cam Newton, eight. So that means Mahomes, Rodgers, Ryan, Rivers, uh, Fitzpatrick for Heath, Wentz, Goff are ahead of Cam Newton. Interesting. But, but, it doesn't mean he's a bad start. He's a great start. Just quarterback is deep. Yeah, are you starting either Panthers wide receiver? Number three at best. Yeah, I think they're both number three wide receivers. I uh, I still prefer DJ Moore to Funches. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe in this matchup. like Because Pittsburgh is like Carolina. They've done well recently against Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry. Um, but uh, Mohamed Sanu, Tyler Boyd, Antonio Callaway, Willie Sneed led the team in receiving. These, these guys did well against Pittsburgh. Moore was a letdown last week, but the nice thing is he has given you Russian production in four of his last five games. It's I think true. you have to count on a little bit there from him. He did play the most snaps of all Carolina wide receivers in week nine, even though he only got two targets. And um, It was so a weird game for them last It was week. a really weird game. They only threw it, what, 20 times? I mean, they scored three times before Cam found the end zone. I feel like these teams have faced very similar opponents. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Atlanta, Cincinnati. That would make sense because the AFC North is playing the NFC South this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But half, yeah, but halfway through, there's a lot of overlap. All right. I, I think I'm done here. James Connors a must start. And Vance McDonald, that last one. Uh, Greg Olson is a top five tight end. Vance McDonald starters it. I'm starting him. Low end starter. Hmm. Well, I guess the only thing I have left to say is... What a day. What a day. What a day. Let's do this. I don't think I've, I don't think I've won the feud this year. Really? Alright. We played it twice. I'm 0-2. Alright, well here we go. Top six answers are on the board. Give me your give me your leaders in NFL pass attempts this season. Heath. Okay. Team or player? Player. Per game or pass attempts. Jeez. Pass attempts. Um Joe yeah. Flacco. Joe Flacco's number one. Way to go. Pass or play. Um, I'll pass. Okay. Jamie? Top six answers are on the board. Joe Flacco is off the board. 
I need the pass attempt leaders in the NFL. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is incorrect. Um, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is correct. He's the number four answer. Okay. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. What? <laughs> he, he didn't play a couple games. Huh? Still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that is very wrong. My understanding is a difficult game. Uh, two strikes. The Heath Cummings family has a chance to steal. Well, might have a chance to steal. Um, pass attempts leaders. Man. Three. Uh, two. One. Say a name. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is incorrect. All right, Heath. Who leads the NFL in pass attempts after Joe Flacco? Um, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is your number three answer. Woo! All right, Joe Flacco won. Who was number six? Actually, there's a tie for fifth. Two-way tie for fifth. Tom, Can I try to guess the rest of them? Oh, yeah, sure. Tom Brady's uh, one of them. Is Eli Manning on the list? No, he's not. Okay. Tom Brady is, is uh, five. I had to speed up. Case Keenum. And <laughs> number two is Kirk Cousins. Hmm. Number two is Kirk Cousins. All right, so point to Heath. All right, here we go. I want top six answers on the board. Your leaders in rushing touchdowns this year. Heath. Heath. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is your number one answer. Pass or play? There's six answers on the board? Yeah. I'll pass. Okay. Oh, okay. Jamie? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is correct. He's uh, fifth. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Good job. I didn't know if people would get that, but yes, Alvin Kamara is number two. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is correct. Clean it up over here. So how many? You need two more. We have Gurley, Kamara, Gordon, and Hunt off the board. Two more leaders in rushing touchdowns. James Conner. James Conner is correct. He's number three. You've got the top five. Why do you think I went to six? Top five are easy. Well, who's next? He's got three strikes to play with, folks. Uh, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is a very good guess, but incorrect. Adrian Peterson. Nice, but incorrect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rushing touchdowns. Who is? How many touchdowns? I'm not telling you. Why? <laughs> it was a Jamie, good try. Jamie, it fly- a, yeah, it's, it's a really good effort. So what? Give me the names again that we got. Gurley, Kamara, Connor, Gordon, and Hunt. Who's next? James White. James White is incorrect. All right, Heath Cummings, the chance to win. Oh. So much pressure. Uh, can you one more time run through the answers that are off the board, please? Gurley, Kamara, Connor, Melvin Gordon, and Kareem Hunt. And this is amongst running backs? It's, it's the NFL, but yes, they're all running backs. That was, that was a good, good job. Ah, shoot, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Damn it! This is a bad guess, but Jamie guessed all the good answers, so I'll say David Johnson. David Johnson! Incorrect. The answer is Alex Collins. Six rushing touchdowns for Alex Collins. Makes him sixth overall. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jamie won. Jamie gets the points. All right. Last round to settle the tie. We've never done this category before. (laughs) Top five answers are on the board. Most added list. Top five. Right Uh, now. Heath, go ahead. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Heath, you've got the number one answer three times. Pass or play. (laughs) 
I'll pass. All right, who are the most added players? <laughs> Top five list. Jamie? Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. Incorrect. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. Let me just double check. Uh, no, he's incorrect. I, that surprised me. Incorrect. The problem is I don't have another answer. <laughs> so it's most added based on the percentage that they went up? Yeah. First time using the most added this, Jamie? <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, it could be most added just in terms of... Uh, yeah, most added change, you know, percentage up. And Valdez-Scantling was one. So, um, it's a tough one. I'm going to give Jamie a few seconds to think about this. Top five most added. Elijah McGuire. Ah, great job. But wrong. All <laughs> right, Heath. Jerk. Yeah, I know. It was kind of mean. What do you got? Got an answer? Most added after MVS? Um, I will go with Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is Jamie wins. Congratulations! How did Jamie win? He did not get an answer. He won the round. You should have played. Did not get one thing correct. You he should did not have win the round. played. Of course he got. He, of course he won the round. He you got zero. You should have played. I got one thing right. He got zero. And Can he I make another round. guess? Yeah. If I get it, I get it. I steal it. All right. Is this wait? Only if you're willing to say if you get it right, you win. If you get it wrong, you lose. Yes. Okay. Go. Packers DSC. Yes, Jamie wins. They're number three. He had four chances. I should get another chance. All right, Heath, you get another chance. The Jets DSC. Wrong you are, sir. Uh, here's your top five what? most added. Marquez Valdez Scantling, Mike Badgley, the Packers DST, Mike Davis, guys, Mike Davis. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> and the Chargers DST. I'm surprised Patterson's not. Patterson's nine. Jets DST is eight. Where was Nick Mullins? Uh, twelve. Mm. Yeah, Des Bryant ten. By the way. All right, that was fun. I show that the Bills DST was ahead of the Chargers DST. I'd show otherwise. When I did this yeah. segment, I, I <laughs> that and was... um, yeah, you're 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 wrong on your list. I don't think so. I'm looking at the list right now. All right, well, things have changed then. But when I did the notes, that's, that was the game. All right, we're going to spend the next few minutes reading a whole bunch of tweets about players. Here we go. Uh, this is uh, – I won't say who said it, but what is T.Y. Hilton rest of season? A starter. Top 24. I'll go higher. Right, top top 16. Zach Brown wants to know – I thought I wasn't going to say the Twitter handles. Um, What range of player would you hope to get back if you were selling Jordan Howard? Mark Ingram. T.Y. Hilton. Is Chris Thompson droppable? Yes. Yeah. Doyle or Najoku, rest of season, half PPR? Doyle. Doyle. Is the Jacksonville DST a must-own or should I stream? Stream. Uh, must-own. Is Galladay going to catch a touchdown ever again? Yes. Is David Johnson an RB2, rest of season? At least. Yeah. Where do you rank Dalvin Cook, rest of season? Top 15. Top 18. Should I start Tyler Boyd over T.Y. Hilton or Robert Woods this week? Over Hilton for sure. Yes. I'd go Woods, Boyd, Hilton. Uh, Des Bryant, rest of season. No. Is all hope lost for Mark Ingram from the anti-Taysom Hill Club? No. 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 Doug Baldwin, wide receiver two, flex or bench? Flex. Flex. 
Would you start Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson in the same backfield in a 10-team PPR league this week? Yes. I did it in a 12-team league last week, so yeah. Very nice. Uh, would you sell Zach Ertz? Sure, for Travis Kelsey. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> Don't sell him. Is Josh Gordon a wide receiver one from here on in? No. High end number two. Okay. Uh, is Cortland Sutton a better keeper than Nick Chubb in a 14-team PPR league? No. Not even close. Can we trust Mike Evans? Yes. Yeah. Is it worth dropping your weakest player in order to start preparing for the fantasy playoffs? Yes. Depends on who it is. What's the deal with Alex Collins moving forward? <laughs> uh, well, he's apparently top six in rushing touchdowns and has a great schedule, so hold. <laughs> yeah, low end number two. Is O.J. Howard better than Rob Gronkowski rest of season? Yes. I hope not. I traded for Leonard Fournette yesterday. Will he be a top 15 running back rest of season? No, not quite. You said O.J. Howard's going to be better than Gronk rest of season? I did. I said I hope not. Uh, no, I was talking to Heath. Uh, sorry, Jamie. We can talk if you want. Jamie, drop one in Dynasty. Stills, Keelan Cole, or Ryan Grant? Uh, Ryan Grant. Is the Vikings DST worth holding through the bye? No. No. That's a tough one. I did drop them because their schedule's not very favorable, but, man, they are so good, and they have been monstrous in four of their last five games, but they have a bye. Then, actually, oh, it's at Chicago week 11. Then it's Green Bay at New England at Seattle. So, uh, one more. Dion Lewis or Kenyon Drake rest of season? Lewis. Lewis. Oh, oh wait, one more. Regulate time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've got your commish problems. We've got your commish answers. Let's do some regulating. First, I need to find the segment in my notes. Fantasy Regulators Part 1 is from Dylan. Uh. Regulators, I am the commissioner of a 12-team standard league with sole veto power. This league is in its sixth year. The only time I've had to use the veto power was last year when J.J. Nelson was traded after week two for A.J. Green. Like many leagues, our history is a complicated and a complicated one, and as a result of an egregious trade in year one, we moved our trade deadline up. This year's trade deadline was October 31st. The day before the deadline, a league member contacted me asking if we could consider moving back the trade deadline. Although I am a strict proponent of not making rule changes midseason, this felt different since it was an equal opportunity opportunity rule change. It also felt different since our league has evolved a lot since that first year, and apart from the J.J. Nelson debacle, the league members are generally trustworthy enough not to do something stupid. So I emailed the league members and asked for people's thoughts about pushing the trade deadline back to November 8th. Only one person objected. This was the first place team. He said it wasn't fair because he had the best team and didn't want other teams to potentially improve. No other concerns were voiced. Since the first place team owner is generally a complainer and a league antagonist, I pushed the trade deadline to November 8th. There was a trade that went through the next week. It involved my team and the first place owner uh, threw a temper tantrum and sent a barrage of text messages saying how unfair the trade is and how he is quitting the league. What do you think, regulators? He sounds like a crybaby. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if you kicked him out of the league. I think it's perfectly acceptable. 
to kick him out of the league. <laughs> but uh, I generally side on if you're going to make an in-season rule change, it should be 100%. Majority rules in the off-season, but if you're changing rules in the middle of the game, I think it should have to be a 100% vote. Agree. You cannot change rules in the middle of the season without consensus. Well, then I don't think you can kick the guy out of the league because he won this round of the regulators. Let's go I mean, to our next one. You can still one. kick him out of the league. You're, that's perfectly reasonable. Dan from Buffalo says, hey, Molds, Evans, Johnson, and Price. This has got to be Bills, right? Yeah, yep. Eric Molds. Oh, Bills. Like, oh, yep. wait, who's Price? Is that like in a reference to Bills? Uh, what oh. was his name? I don't remember. These Price. are Bills receivers. All right, anyway. I believe that if someone doesn't pay their league dues, the commissioner should have to cover it. I've done this before with a $100 buy-in. When people pay their buy-in, it's with the expectation that they will receive predetermined payouts if they win. It's on the commission to make sure everyone pays, not allow bums who avoid paying in the league. I play fantasy football for fun more than money, but this still seems like a necessary rule. Thoughts? Should the commissioner pay? When I, someone I do pay? not believe if we are not compensating the commissioner in any way. This is a volunteer effort. And as long as that's the case, I don't believe he should be on the hook for anybody else's money. There's no way the commissioner should pay. I agree, but I do think it's a really nice idea for the commissioner to make everyone pay before the season starts and lock the lineups if they don't, and you will you will uh solve that. And problem. also that is how approximately zero percent of our leagues work. And they should. They should work. I mean, they, we're wrong in doing that. They should work that way. Uh, so pay attention, everybody. All right, next one from Ryan from San Angelo, Texas. Uh, I have a situation with an owner in my league. He's fighting for a playoff spot, and is it a close matchup right now? Oh, this was sent. I should caveat here. I, this was sent on Sunday. This morning, he was in an area with no cell phone coverage and was unable to adjust his roster. He had Stefan Diggs in his flex position and Ito Smith on his bench. I received a text message from him at 2.16 p.m. asking if I could adjust his roster to replace Stefan Diggs with Ito Smith. I told him since it was after the game had started, I couldn't do it. He told me he sent the text way before the game started as a last-ditch effort to get his roster adjusted since he could not access it where he was at. He's on track to lose this week by 10, 10 points but would win if Ito Smith were in his lineup and every matchup is crucial. The owner is a great friend of mine. I'm torn. I'm torn on what decision to make as the commissioner. I need the regulator's help. How far into the game was it? 2.16 p.m. I don't know what time zone, but let's say it was an hour and 15 minutes in. Can't change it. That's too late. Unless he has some proof that he sent that message before kickoff. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I don't know how you'd prove that. All right, last one, regulators. This is Scott from the City of Industry, California. He says, hey, Marty, Doc, George, and Biff. It's back to the future. It yep. is. To Which my one? utter shock. <laughs> what did you say? Which one? Oh, it's number one. The only good one. To my utter shock. That's the only good one? You're wrong. I've never seen three, but Back to the Future 2 is hot garbage. Movie sucks. You've never seen three? No, but I can't they're get all, through two. They're all wonderful. Two is so bad. How so, could you not seen three? I just recently saw, like, the... All three Indiana Jones, like within the last like three what? or four years. Yeah. Was I wrong to show uh, Indiana Jones to my nine-year-old? No. When he was eight? No. No. The part, the part when he rips the guy's heart out. Oh, that's the second one. You can't show him Temple of Doom. 
I did. There's too much sacrifice in that. All right. Uh, to my utter shock last week, Dave correctly named the city of industry as my city outside Los Angeles. I have worked in city of industry my whole life and always thought it was the most strange name for a city. Why does Dave know it exists? City of industry stat of the day. The scene in the movie Back to the Future where Doc Brown gets shot in the mall parking lot and Marty first travels back in time in the DeLorean was filmed at Puente Hills Mall in the city of industry. Now I have a question for the regulators. I'm the commission of a league. I get a note from one team telling me this story and asking if there is anything I can do. Last week, he pulled off a win by less than one point. The standings were updated to reflect the win. Lineups were set for the next week. Then, on the following Sunday, he noticed there must have been additional stat corrections, and now he had lost by one one-hundredth of a point. The win-loss had stayed the same until the following Sunday. He wanted to know if there was a standard set for the length of time allowed for stat corrections, and if I could do anything about it. What say you on the stat correction statute of limitations? Um, my general answer has always been whenever the provider makes the change. Do we? Do you know what ours? What our? I thought it was is? Thursday. Ours, I believe, are on Wednesday. Wednesday. It is done by Elias. That is where I believe most sites get their fantasy numbers from. So Elias is the one that makes the stat corrections when they go through everything after going back, watching the games and telling everything up. As long as it's done by, as he said, your provider, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I mean, stat corrections suck, but it's actually, it's justice. It's regulation. We had, uh, and he, correct me if I'm wrong on the details, but in our Dynasty League, we had a playoff matchup that was reversed. The winner was reversed. Because of a stat correction. Oof. I believe sending RJ White into the finals, right? Yeah, it was a semifinal matchup that was reversed on Thursday, Oof. I believe. Or and I think Wednesday if night. I understand it correctly, I ended up, I won the league. I think I may have ended up losing the league based on what the other guy had done. Yeah. Like if the team that had originally won before the stat correction had played you, he would have beat you? I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> what I wonder is if the, the team that benefited, RJ benefited from the stat correction. Did he make his waiver claims or did he get screwed, you know, because he thought he was out? He couldn't have made his I, claims. I, I think it was close enough that we – well, there was also a consolation game, right? Oh, well, that helps. Um, oh, uh, finally, I'll finish with this uh, from Scott uh, from the City of Industry and that regulator's question. P.S. The Heath is on with his comment on Halloween candy. Not his grinchiness about not giving out candy, but his tirade about someone complaining when the type of free candy they get is not the one they wanted. Hilarious and true. Thank you. We're out of here, everybody. Have a great day. Well, we'll got, talk to you tomorrow. Oh, yeah. What you got, Jay? The subject line is got to go back. Later. We'll talk to you on Thursday with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games.